Welcome to another exciting edition of Near Mint Comic Radio, your local comic shop shrunk down, gamma radiated, and aired live every week only on the Nonproductive Network, the only place that would have us. I'm your host, Frank, joined in studio as always by Pete and Al, special guests. Hi, Al. Hey! Also, hi, Pete. Greetings. Wow. Bringing the energy as always. On Near Mint, we rank and review comics from best to worst. That's Mint, Near Mint, good, fair, and poor to you newbies. And try to guide you on what to read and what might be better to avoid. We have a special theme this week. And actually, I think there's a theme this month, question mark, at the Nonproductive uh, Network. And it's D&D and gaming. Yay, gaming! Hooray for that. Yes, woohoo gaming. On this episode, we are covering Rick and Morty's Dungeons and Dragons books. Uh, there's four <clears> issues in this, what, miniseries? It's a miniseries, Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons. Nice, very cool. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it is it is basically that. It is Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Can't get more accurate than that. We know that the uh, writers and the creators behind Rick and Morty, who are in their... I, between season nebulous states of both existing and not existing, like Schrodinger's cat, uh, that they are big pop culture fans. They're big nerds. Um, Dan Harmon, who is uh, obviously a big player in Rick and Morty, also did Community, did the special episode of Community with Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's all kind of tied together in uh, the new Geek is Chic universe. Kind of the fabric of uh, Rick and Morty. And I also think that's addressed pretty quickly in the opener of the the miniseries as they talk about how geek is getting chic now and uh, Morty's like shocked at like what people are playing Dungeons and Dragons and it's like everyone's all into this. What's happening? It feels like a decade ago we would have to talk for quite a while just catching everyone up on what Dungeons and Dragons is and being baffled that, you know, Mm -hmm. a mainstream property, even a comic book, uh, would be covering it. But now it just feels like, yeah, absolutely. Dungeons and Dragons is a deal. which, Which I find interesting because it is so easy to access what Dungeons and Dragons is these days and yet it starts off with Rick, uh, with Morty, apparently having almost never heard of it. Yeah, Morty is completely baffled by this concept when he hears other kids on his school bus talking about it. Yeah, so definitely there is a world that it, the world of Rick and Morty. The kids, just like kids in our world now, are very pro D and D, and it's just a part of their social fabric. But you know what, Rick is or Morty is really. Uh, He's never really been part of any scene, I think. Uh, probably exasperated by the fact that he's always being taken around by his grandfather on these ridiculous adventures and not having a real life. Uh, and so he's missed everything, including he's missed the boat on Dungeons & Dragons when it became suddenly popular. I think a lot of readers are probably can identify with that, mm-hmm. where like one day you open your eyes and suddenly this thing is a thing, and you had no idea that people were into it. Yeah, they what the in. hell is Fortnite? They yeah. name-dropped like three different podcasts, I think, in this thing. Yes, and sadly, we did not get name-dropped in this. But that means you could <laughs> count on a genuine review from this podcast. You can't trust those other podcasts because nope. they are in bed with the publisher. Uh, yeah, so basically, Morty finds out that Dungeons & Dragons is a popular thing to do, and he starts researching it, and Rick finds out, and to my surprise, and I guess Morty's, Rick is deep into D&D. I am surprised by that. I was surprised that this immediately went positive. Like, right? I, I was, there's a very underlying feel throughout that first issue, I thought the entirety of that first issue was like, all right. Even when uh, Rick 
reacts positively and has like that weird almost tear up moment when Morty brings up, you want to learn D&D? You have dice on you. Oh God, I take back 23% of the things that I hated about you, whatever it is. And it's like, all right, this is going pretty well. When is someone going to die? And then I'm going to stop liking it. <laughs> like I'm just sitting there just waiting for the Chekhov's gun to go off, which they reference later in the book, actually. Go, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised. For, uh, Rick and Morty is a, um, you know, obviously, it's a, a Adult Swim show that's maybe a little critical of certain people. <laughs> and I did think that there was, uh, and, uh, you know, it's a well-written show and it does surprise you. So I kind of went in this expecting that this, oh, this is going to be making fun of Dungeons and Dragons for a little yeah. while. Or just be a shameless kind of like cross-promotional thing. Like a like a like a, a Wendy's commercial or the Carl's <laughs> Juniors or something. I guess it didn't work well, but yeah, some hamburger commercial that Rick and Morty does. Like I thought maybe that's all it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, but this one went surprisingly positive in a way that tracks for me. Rick being into D and D, specifically being into old school D and D. Yes. Completely tracks. Makes perfect sense. As does his cadre of friends who uh, join him. And it's it's For very old very old school adventure. Yeah, where everything can kill you, and you should have stacks of character sheets just hanging back for the next guy you're supposed to be playing. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's kind of the theme of these books as they move on over the next few issues. It's a four issue series. It basically dabbles in all the editions of D and D that matter. Most of them. <laughs> I, I didn't even catch they were doing that until issue three when they said they were doing that, and I was kind of like. Oh, well, I liked 4th edition, but okay, I guess. <laughs> so, so, yeah, this, in the second issue, or the second part of the first issue, I don't really remember. The next thing that uh, Rick... Uh, these things should never really be recaps. We don't, we're not interested in no. recapping the yeah. comics for you. We're just giving us a big, broad overview, and we're just going to get through that really quickly and then talk about the books. Um, and uh, obviously, they're going to be spoilers. So, uh, the, in the next big arc, after playing the old school D&D doesn't quite work for Marty, Morty because it's really dumb... Uh, or really slow, or really boring, or he doesn't want to have just die over and over again because he's low level. They go to AD and D because it fixes so many problems. They go into the <laughs> AD and D, and it's it's like the virtual world game, and it's they're in blips and chips playing a virtual version of the AD and D game. Mm -hmm. um, it's like second edition. It's supposed to be like it's really powerful. It, it plays with some of the second edition tropes that those of you who are gamers are familiar with. Uh, eventually moving on to third edition, which goes into, uh, you know, a little bit more complicated play and then landing the last few issues are in fifth edition. There is, of course, a joke about fourth edition not counting. We don't talk about fourth edition. Right. Which is, I think, a gamer thing. I think a lot of gamers, even if you like it, you know, you recognize that there was some there's some sort of different. It, it, it was more different than the other yeah. editions. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, of course, causes people to have uh, you're not playing the right way attitudes. And it's fine for Rick to ha feel that way because he <laughs> is a toxic jerk. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the, the game does a good job of or the books do a good job of touching every aspect of the game from a from like a third party meta perspective. But where I really think the biggest takeaways for the series are how it deals with what it's like to play D&D &D and why we do it. I think that's completely yeah. accurate. 
Cthulhu showing up and having a cameo aside. <laughs> Cthulhu <laughs> the janitor, I guess. Yeah. Slash EMT, ape lips and chips, whatever. Yeah. Sure. It's like, uh, by returning this, uh, by cleaning this off and giving your coupons, my blood oath is fulfilled. And like, yes. whatever. Like, aside from that, I think you're absolutely, that's what the heart of the, uh, of the book is. And I think that really comes alive in issues three and four. And my only problem with the book actually is be, it takes, or it feels like it takes too long for us to get to that moment. Where I'm suddenly gelling and everything's kind of like, oh, this is what we're here for. Okay. Mm, I think you can easily like be led astray from maybe the first issue or two when you're like, oh, is this just going to be a good bunch of tongue-in-cheek jokes about D&D that maybe aren't um, mean-spirited but are still just sort of like surface level? Uh, but I don't. I think they're building. They're pacing right. The yeah. first few issues first it establishes a real thing that, especially an older gamer like myself, feels is the shock of how come everyone's talking about this? Why is this suddenly a popular thing? Yeah. And I think that's kind of maybe that maybe you miss that out to some degree. But for me, I definitely it was like, wow, I, I could definitely feel being Rick and his friends playing this game, going like, you have no idea what this was like. Not in the jerk way, where yeah. like, oh, you're not real gamers, but like, I remember when this thing was not something you could just look up on the library uh, internet to find <laughs> out details on how to play D&D. And uh, the local gaming shop wasn't necessarily an all-inclusive, welcoming place. I it remember was, when the local gaming shop wasn't all that local. <laughs> oh, that I remember. Not, and it's Yeah, you could definitely feel, like you could remember these things, you could feel these things. Uh, but like, there's a certain like I, I, there's a certain truth to this book that lasts throughout. Uh, the earlier truths are the look at this weird uh, phenomenon that's uh, hitting. The second big thing that happens for me is when Summer is very open about the game, mm-hmm. which and, and you know Morty is shocked, even though he's super new to it. He's like, "You like Dungeons and Dragons? Like, you don't know anything. You <laughs> literally are getting trained by your grandpa." And that's a absolute truism that you see that on the internet every day people who are new to fandoms being shocked that other people are okay with fandoms and then finding people who are not like not your typical fan of a thing who are into it uh i i thought that was a kind of a nice takeaway as well i agree but it gets deep into it uh, the more interesting aspects mm-hmm. in, in in the later issues as rick tries more and more ways to make D&D easy for his family to adopt and uh, his family kind of reacts by not playing the way he thinks they should be. Yeah. Like eventually there's the ending of when he's doing like, hey, let's just go through this dungeon crawl where we just keep killing things. And then eventually they're like, let's just go to a tavern and chill out for a while because we're bored now. And yeah. there's that great parallel with him and Jerry in that sort of lo- like lonely dad moment, I think you were saying, <laughs> where they're both kind of like mirroring, mirroring each other, coming back to like, oh, geez, what's, I, I brought a George Foreman grill. And he's just kind of – and there's Rick just kind of being like, oh, well, I guess I'll go in the tavern. All right. Yeah. I like how it's, 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 an, it's almost equal parts a love letter to what it's like to play D&D. And a tutorial on how to play D anD D. Not not so much the rolling dice. Yeah, but, and it's one of those things that are very lacking. I find in a lot of media about D anD D. It's it's explaining the dynamic that gets created between the game master and the uh, the players. Yeah, absolutely. And how how much they really focus on how much of a collaborative process the game needs to be. Yeah. And they touch on all the little aspects of what it's like 
to play D&D. Because for some people, what it's like to play D&D is that initial Rick and his old fogies play it. The old school, <laughs> the or dungeon crawl classics. We're like, yeah, come with the stack of characters. We're going to kill through all of them. We're going to run That's through a meat fun. grinder. Exactly. Yeah. That's and that of, is fun. Let's not let's not lie here. That is a lot of fun. It's it not is. even presented as not fun in the books, right? It's presented as well. That's just one style. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. it's presented as Morty is not having fun in this. Yeah, exactly. because Morty is not on the same page as everyone else. Mm-hmm. I think that's the great. That's one of the greatest things about this is they accept the book accepts the premise that there are an infinite number of ways to play Dungeons and Dragons. And the the most important thing is that everybody that's playing is on the same page. Mm-hmm. That ev- everybody understands what everybody else is looking to get out of the game. Absolutely, and that's true of your gaming table. Exactly. If you're there with a bunch of people who are all enjoying it for the same reasons, then you're, whatever way you're playing is the right way to play. Uh, that's true whether or not you're going through a meat grinder or if you're sitting around telling stories to each other. Because here's another example. the um, With Rick's version of the ultimate virtual reality uh, game that he tries to run his family through when when um, he's putting his daughter and Summer and, and Morty all through it together, that is a dungeon crawl, the way P- mm-hmm. Al uh, described it. Um, and it's uh, clearly like him, he, Rick as GM wants them to keep going through the dungeon crawl and they decide we want to go to the tavern and help with these little pe- problems and the, with these little people. And, yeah. and, and I, we've, I have run games like that or I've been I've played <laughs> in games like that where like the players are not on the same page as the GM. And yeah, there, there's some problems with that as well, but it's also a reality of how you play these games. Yeah. Sometimes you are just not on the same pages and that's really Amazing how they this book yeah. made it feel like this is D and D more so than any uh, comic book that's actually set in a you know trademark D and D universe. Yeah, which is really surprising. I mean, I guess to a certain extent, I understand those hurdles. It's like what we always talk about whenever we want a Dungeons and Dragons movie. We'd prefer it to be about people playing Dungeons and Dragons, absolutely, as opposed to a oh, fantasy. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, you can't do it that way. You, can, I think. There, if you're gonna, uh, if the the conceit is this is Dungeons and Dragons, somehow you have to incorporate the fact that it's the game that we all sit yeah. around playing, uh, which is I think uh, great. And uh, uh, this book does a really good job of of going through it up to the point, and including the point where eventually uh, Jerry gets involved. <laughs> Again, I'm telegraphing jokes about miserable Jerry, who uh, obviously knows D and D and should be the worst stereotype of a D&D player or uh, of the loser D&D yeah. player and is in fact amazing at it. Mm-hmm. And all the reasons he's amazing at it are all the reasons that make sense for a person like Jerry to be amazing at it. Absolutely. Blew my mind. Because it's just like there's great moments in there too because there's that whole thing about like oh we're actually our stats while we're in this universe so I have both charisma and intelligence here <laughs> where he talks about like hey you know there's there's this thing of why you know R- Rick isn't having fun is because like we took all his toys away he doesn't and you know you think he's cool because he can do cool things but when he can't have control of the situation when he doesn't have the ability to do to do the things that he wants like he just doesn't care. And it's like, well, I'm, see, my problem has always been, like, I have a problem caring for people. He has problems caring about them. Yeah. And it's like, man, that's that's pretty accurate, man. 
Yeah. That's it, hard to turn wrong. It's really, really impressive how they get the characterization of all these characters that, right. Absolutely right. Yep. They get the, the way D&D feels to play right. Absolutely right. And they still make it kind of fun and funny. Yeah. Because mm. it's all about, like, what, sometimes you just want to pretend you're somebody else. And that's what the game, and he says and describes it as that's what the big thing about the game is. It's just like, hey, sometimes I don't want to be living my regular life. Sometimes I want to pretend I'm an orc that's on an adventure and, you know, beating up bad guys. Or I want to have an, a tragic backstory. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really is uh, impressive how how this got strung together. And then even the in-universe nods to D&D. So eventually, in the last two issues of this series, they are actually, they, they sort of decide to find a universe where D&D actually exists, where the rules of D&D make sense. They go there so that Rick can't cheat because it's not a virtual world or a game, and they can actually play a game of D&D. And it's there where the story, the, the in-universe story becomes the most important. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's the one where it feels the most like a D&D game, where all the people playing it are emotionally invested in it, while at the same time accepting that it's not real. And... Uh, it's where Jer- Jerry shines. It's where Rick kind of is a little troll, although technically I guess he's a halfling. Um, <laughs> I think he's a gnome. Oh, is he supposed to be a gnome? That, yeah. that, that fits. That tracks. But, uh, a and, gnome bard. And there's <laughs> the bard jokes in this were amazing. And where like the, 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 there's an actual arc to this four-issue series that involves the campaign that they're playing and involves what they've learned together as a family. And that I did not expect from Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons. And I like the ending because it's just kind of Summer and him hanging back. Like two of the characters you wouldn't expect to have the most bonding out of this because we didn't start with them. And yeah. they're kind of finishing the issue being like, well... Hey, we're we're both really into this for different reasons, but I think we've and, found a way to connect over this, and let's. And man, hats off for bringing abjuration in yes. as a way yes. that makes sense, <laughs> like a both a real good joke the and a best sell of abjuration I have ever seen. Yeah, it was really impressive. Uh, so let's go around real quick and talk about things we didn't like or things that we did like about the book. I don't know if there was much I didn't like. I, I thought it was pretty good. I could have. Sp- Spent more time. Uh, I guess I don't know. I feel like the 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 trite story of the goblinoid or bugbear or whatever the orc, whatever they were, yeah, the half monster, ogres, whatever they were, who are yeah. not as bad as they seem. I, I, I've heard that. So, I've been playing that game for so long that yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not that impressed. That, that. Marvel just made that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I guess that was my big uh, take uh, drawback. I guess, but uh, everything else was amazing. Um, Shocked how much I identify with Rick once again. That really that does not make me feel you. it really. I hate it. <laughs> Just I so you like it. the Dungeon Master. I do like the Dungeon Master. Yeah. That's that's. I'm going to edit this podcast so I don't say that I, I identified with Rick. But there is a. Like, you won't. I, I, You're lazy. I see it. Oh, I'm lazy. That's like Rick. But I also see it and I'm like, oh, this is a problem. I should. And it's not 100%, but there are times where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, I feel a little too close to that. Also, Jerry, which is even sadder and also in this context better. Whatever. Kind of amazing that there's a book where you can simultaneously identify with Rick and Jerry. Right? Uh, it's crazy. Uh, anybody else got one? Uh, something I didn't like? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, the, uh, the, 
the going to like, was it flips and chips or was it was mm. like, like that seemed really non sequitur. I love Cthulhu in it, but it's like it's the most away from the comic from the message of the comic that they get is that whole section where they're I don't get why they had to go there to play second edition and also why we spend some time with some of those characters. Um, it's a it's about where the books slowed down for me. Again, that first two issues for me were just kind of like waiting and waiting for like, when's this going to get bad? And like, oh, thank God it never did. And when we got to issue three, I was like, oh, I am. Yeah, this is the adventure what I'm here for. And you're, yeah, I agree with the trite storyline, but it was kind of like it was very D&D, very yeah. classic. Mm-hmm. I think my, I don't have a, uh, a thing I didn't like, really. Good. I, I enjoyed this. What I think the, the little detail I liked the most I'll, I'll sidetrack one. My runner-up was the uh, the title to the first part, Rick Rollin. Oh, jeez. Oh, which I thought was hilarious. Get out of here. But what I really liked was the inclusion of the character sheets. Oh, yeah. Those were really nice. All of them. Everybody's D&D characters got character sheets. I, I almost want to play G. Willikers' pedal butt. <laughs> Yeah, in, I did. In, in I, I considered wanting, uh, playing those characters in a game. Yeah, so, and they're filled out perfectly. It's the perfect combination of uh, the way the the way the D and D characters were, and the way the Rick and Morty characters would fill out their character sheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little I hear- subtleties to it, like uh, Rick's uh, personality traits: expletive you and expletive this for G. Wilkers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, that's all I've yeah, got to say about that. It's a lot of fun. It yeah. was all good. Speaking of uh, Rick's character, I just realized there is something else that I was hoping that was going to happen that never actually did, is he doesn't ever actually play his character. Well, he does, but it's way towards the end, and we nothing about it is acknowledged. There's no like to-do about it, even though there's a lot said about him not playing his character. Mm. And it's like, that's a weird story beat to kind of leave off. And I, I mean, you see him shoot a lightning bolt out of his guitar at some point, like way late, and it's like kind of an offhand like corner of a panel, and it's like, oh, he did eventually do it. What's he, what's he doing? Hey, hey sell the Bard class to me, comic book. Let's. Uh, we, 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 we've been joking yeah. on it for so long. Let's do something. I, I my, I'm not really trying to deny you that, but I'll, I'll say that I think the, the point of those last few, the story picks up at a certain point where this, where their adventure is taking on the steam of the story. So at that point, the fact that they're all playing, the fact that they're all so passionate, so dramatic at that moment as people die and what have you, that I think that's supposed to make you feel this is working. They're finally doing it right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I could imagine that being an issue. Anything that you really loved about it that we um, didn't actually get a chance to talk oh, about? Oh, I love the, the summer scene. The, the, the death scene was really, really good. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I just... And it's so... Again, going back to what we've said a thousand times already, it's very classic d and I like that death rattle that you want to have. And then when they meet Summer later, it's like, my death scene was baller, yo! Like, yeah, it was. It was pretty good. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I'll throw in one negative that I just thought of because Al brought up the whole bard thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think they missed an opportunity to point out or, or deal with somehow the fact that there's a uh, there's currently, a in 5th edition, a feature for the bard class where a bard can literally insult 
a, a, an enemy to death. Oh, nice. Nice. And I did I, not know like, that. That would have worked so well for Rick playing a bard. I yep. think so, but then I think we would have tr- stumbled into the whole, uh, you know, corporate chill territory, which I was worried about in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So but, uh, yeah. I think overall we should rank this book. Obviously, we all like it, but how much do we like it? Al, you're our guest. You go first. What do you rank this book? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise everyone here and say I think it's good. Good. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I, there's a. It's it. Half of it I really enjoy and would probably give a near mint to a mint. The other half I could care less about, and I hate to say that. But oh, too bad. This is Al's secret love of video games. Yes. He was uh, angrier at the way Blips and Chips was represented. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go next. I I really enjoy this book. It's one of the best depictions of D and I've ever seen. I would say that Stranger Things season one was very good, and it like captured, I'm a little kid, I'm using my imagination perhaps too much, I'm hanging out, making maps, and killing, and it was only subtly, like both the game that they mm. played in Stranger Things and the mystery they found themselves involved in in reality, that felt like a D&D game for me. This feels like a D&D game for me. So I'm going to give it a mint. I'm going to give it chock full of mint. Woo! Like I said, there was there was really nothing that I didn't like about this. Yeah, I really did enjoy it. Uh, so we yeah, highly recommend it. That wraps it up for this episode of Near Mint. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Near Mint, please like, follow, and subscribe so you can get the latest in your podcast of choice. Oh, and leave us a good review so more people find out about the show. If you leave us a good review, I'll uh, personally thank you. In whatever voice for whatever character you want me to use. Since it's comics, I mean, I could use whatever voice I want. No one's really going to say one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. It works. All right. We all know what Captain America sounds like. Yes, America. Hi, I'm Captain America. Exactly. The there voice. it is. Yep. There it is. There it is. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.